In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the fourth Sunday of Lent, and the gospel of the fourth Sunday of Lent is the Samaritan woman. But because today is the Feast of the Cross, the readings for today are for the Feast of the Cross. And the Gospel of today was from John chapter 10. And the Gospel begins today with a question from the Jews. They surrounded the Lord and they asked the Lord, just tell us, tell us if you are the Messiah. Why do you keep us in doubt? If you are the Christ, tell us plainly. And our Lord responded, The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep as I said to you. Our Lord, He did many good works through His ministry, but the greatest work that the Lord did for us is the work on the cross, His crucifixion. In the Gospel of Vespers last night, our Lord said, When you lift up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am He. And in the Gospel this morning, our, our, our Lord said, And if I, if I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw all people to Myself. The cross and the resurrection are the greatest signs of the Messiah. That's why it is the emblem of Christianity. And that's why the Coptic Church loves the cross. And we celebrate the Feast of the Cross. But today I want to speak to you about the mystery of the cross. Because the cross is more than just an emblem. The cross has power. The cross is a bridge that we take from this earth... To heaven. The cross is the key to the doors of heaven. But the key to understanding the cross is to realize the paradox of the cross. The cross is a paradox. We won't appreciate the cross unless we appreciate the paradox of the cross. A paradox. A paradox is something that is contradictory. But it proves to be true. Our Lord, he loved to teach using paradoxes. If anyone wants to be first, he should be last. It's a paradox. How do you be the first and you be the last? It's contradictory, but it is true. How about whoever wishes to be great, he shall be your servant. It's a paradox. Great to be servant doesn't go together. But it is true. Our Lord loved these paradoxes. Christian life is a paradoxical life. It's a paradoxical life because the cross is a paradox. That's why when St. Paul, he speaks about the cross, he speaks of the cross paradoxically. Look, he says, for the message of the cross is foolishness. To those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. How is it the foolishness to some? Yet to some it is the power of God. It's a paradox. Today I want to go through several of the paradoxes that are contained in the cross. The first paradox I actually mentioned last week. Last week I told you how God is able to make good come out of evil, just as a chemist or a pharmacist is able to extract and make medicine from... Poison. The crucifixion was pure evil. Pure evil. But the Lord was able to extract 
beautiful medicine from this evil. Crucifixion is so evil, it is, is so inhumane, like it was only justified at that time to be reserved for the worst of the worst of the worst criminals. And our Lord, he was treated like the worst of the worst criminals. Although he was a just man, although he was a righteous man, although he was an innocent man. But what makes the crucifixion even more evil is that not only was the Lord innocent, he was crucified by his own people. He came to his own, but his own did not receive him. And what is even more evil than crucifying the own, your own member of your own family, what's even more evil than that is crucifying the God of the universe. To, cre- to crucify the Lord who created all things. And so, what could be more evil than the crucifixion? The crucifixion, the cross, is the culmination... I was trying to think of... It is the culmination of 6,000 years of rebellion against God. The crucifixion was saying to God... We don't want you, God, in our life. We want to get rid of you. If you could take all the atheism, all the evil, all the hatred, and put it in a box, or rather, if you could put it in a cup, our Lord, He took this cup that contained all the evil, and He drank this cup. When we were in Jerusalem, when we were visiting the prisons of the Lord, and when we walked down the Via Della Rosa, one question that kept coming up was, Why, Lord, did you endure all of this? Why? Why all the pain? Why all the torture? Why all the humiliation? Why? It's too much. The paradox is that the Lord turned the darkest hour of human history, or the darkest day of human history, to be the time of the greatest light. That's the paradox. And actually, that's why I love the rites of our church. Our church captures this paradox so beautifully on Good Friday, when the whole day of Good Friday, we're in the mournful tune. And then in the twelfth hour, it's like, what? What's going on? And we turn, we switch, the, the deacons change their stoles, and then we start singing joyful songs, and it's just, what? The paradox. The greatest evil turned out to be the time of greatest light. The Lord wanted to show us that the height of evil is no match for His love. His love is greater than all the evil in the world. The Lord wanted to show us that the forces of evil are strong. But the Lord is still stronger. The Lord defeated the power of the evil one. He crushed Satan, as we've said 15 times today. He crushed Satan under His feet. So when we are faced with difficult circumstances, evil people, or tribulations, we can trust in the power of God to deliver us. Our Lord wanted to show us a great paradox. He won by losing. The Lord won by losing. The Lord conquered by surrendering. So when people are arguing together, have you considered... That you could win by losing. You could win by losing. You could lose the argument, but you could win the person. 
You might surrender the argument, but you could win the person. Our Lord, He taught us this paradoxical way. He taught us to conquer the hearts of many through gentleness and through meekness, rather than the pomp and might. And this needs discernment, but I think you get the point. This is the first paradox of the cross. Victory by defeat. Strength by weakness. St. Paul, he mentioned actually this paradox in the Pauline epistle today. He said, has God chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the... The wise. God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty. This is the paradox of the cross. Another paradox of the cross is that the cross was a punishment for disobedience. It was a punishment for criminals, as we said. But now the cross is a sign for obedience. The cross is now a a voluntary symbol. It is a symbol of our voluntary submission to the Lord. To carry your cross. No one can carry your cross for you. You must carry your own cross. That's why the Lord said, And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me, he cannot be my disciple. Come after me means... To obey me, believe in me, conform your life to me, do what pleases me. To bear the cross means to do or to endure whatever may come into this world as a result of following him, and just you'll go with it. And that includes death. And that's why the Christian is ridiculed for being different. Because the Christian lives differently in this world. We don't enjoy the pleasures of the world the same way the world does. The substances, the music, the shows, the sex culture, all of this is the way of the world. But it is not becoming of the disciples of Christ. So the Christian is mocked and he's ridiculed because we are against the world and we are not supposed to fit in. The cross that is like It doesn't fit through the door of this world. The cross beam can't get in. It is against the world. And so the cross of Christ compels us to be different. The cross of Christ compels us to be obedient. The paradox of the cross is that the obedience to the cross may seem to limit our freedom. It may seem like a burden. We spoke about that last week. But it is through the cross that I receive freedom. The victim that is on the cross is held by nails. And the victim, when he's on the cross, he becomes immobilized. He can't move. And so, one of the ideas that I was thinking about is that That's why the Lord said, no one can take them out of my hand. Why can nobody take them out of my hand? Because I am immobilized. I am nailed to the cross. Inshallah, Had wants to seal this picture back here. Good luck. You can't because it's stuck to the wall. You can try, but you can't take it because it's stuck. And what is nailed to the cross cannot move. And so no one can take them out of his hands. Are you nailed to the cross? That's why St. Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. 
I am nailed. No one can take me from Christ. It is by giving up my ability to move that God will give us the freedom to move. That's the paradox. And actually, St. Paul, he speaks about the paradox in Galatians chapter 5. He says this, And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. So how are you crucified, St. Paul? But yet you're talking about walking. This is a paradox. My passions don't move me. My passions, I'm not moved by my passions. My passions are immobilized because they are nailed to the cross. These people, these days, many people deny they have issues with the passions. Because the passions have become so normalized. But actually in the gospel last night in the Vespers, our Lord, he was talking about freedom. And the Jews said something very, 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 very sad. The Jews, they said... We are Abraham's descendants. We have never been in bondage to anyone. And then they said, Lord, how can you say you will be made free? If I was in the Lord's situation, I would have said, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You want to talk about being in bondage? You don't know the Old Testament? You were in bondage to the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Persians, the Greeks. And actually right now, you're in bondage to the Romans. So how do you say we're not in bondage? You've been in bondage your whole history. How do you say you're not in bondage? They don't see that they are in bondage. Fallon, they don't. But then the Lord, very wise, he didn't tell them the history lesson. He actually told them something very deep theologically. He said, whoever commits sin... Is a slave of sin. Is in bondage to sin. And then he said, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. The Son made us free through the cross. His obedience to the suffering of the cross lifted the penalty of sin. He tore the handwriting of our sins. The paradox of the cross is that condemnation led to... Justification. Justification is the idea you are not guilty. You are not guilty. Imagine standing before the throne of God. All of us, we're going to have to stand before the throne of God. Just like this. All of us. And the Lord will either say guilty or not guilty. Justified. The justified person is the one who goes with the cross. Who carries the cross. The one who repents. The one who condemns himself. The one who denies himself. That's the second great paradox of the cross. The symbol of disobedience became the symbol of obedience. Obedience by nailing our passions. Immobilizing our passions. Putting to death our passions. This is freedom. By condemning ourselves and saying we are guilty before the cross. We receive remission of sins and justification before the Father. St. Peter in the Catholic epistle, he said this in the Catholic epistle today. He said, when he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but committed himself to, the, to him who judges righteously, who himself bore our sins 
in his own body on the tree. He bore our sins on his own body on the tree. That we having died to sin, died to sin, nailed to sin, we might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. That's a paradox. That's a paradox. The third and last paradox that I want to discuss with you is actually the most difficult to apply, and that is the paradox of death and life, pain and joy. Our Lord, he said, whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. It's a paradox. That's a paradox. Secular people, they believe, and like secular people, death is the very last thing that they experience in their life. It's the very end. Secular people try to avoid death by any means possible. Christians are very interesting people because death, which is the, the last thing in life, actually Christians say we want to do it on the 40th day after we're born. We want to die. And we die in baptism. And we die in baptism. So the Christian embraces death in a very different way than the rest of the world. That's why St. John Chrysostom, he said, Therefore, do not let your body live in this world, so that it may be alive in the next one. Make it die, so that you never die. Make your body die now, and if it dies now, it will never die. For if it goes on living, it will die. But if it dies now, it will live forever. That's a paradox. That's a paradox. Death brings forth true life. That's why St. James, he says in his epistle, Count it all joy when you fall into various... Trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces, to count it all joy when you fall into trials, that's a paradox. And you see this in the life of the apostles. The life of the apostles, they go and they're beaten for the Lord. They're suffering, they're taken like one kid, one after the other. And then it says, when they departed from the presence of the council, they were rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. What? That's a paradox. How? How are you tortured and you, take, you count this as joy? How do you rejoice in this? That's because the, the disciples, they understood the cross. That's why our Lord, he said, your sorrow will be turned to joy. Your sorrow will be turned to joy. And he gave the example of... The pregnant woman. Your sorrow will be a pregnant woman. She's very sorrowful. And then joy. And the joy that God gives you, no one can take away. Today, we don't want to just celebrate the cross. We want to understand the deep meaning of the cross. All the paradox. The paradox of the Christian life. The wonder and the glory. That's why St. Paul, he says, The foolishness of God is... Wiser than man, and the weakness of God is stronger than man. God is so paradoxical. 
so that you know that it's not because of you. It doesn't make sense to us. If you're ever thinking, this doesn't make any sense, that's a good sign that God approves. And God's power will show His glory in the most trying circumstances. Today, we saw the first paradox, victory by defeat, strength through weakness. The second paradox, a symbol of disobedience becoming symbol of obedience and death that is and death gives forth to life sorrow brings joy i hope all of us can every time we look at the cross we should have all of these these meanings and glory be to god forever amen it's